The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Today, I have invited all three candidates for Belmont's Board of Selectmen to join me. We are recording separate half-hour segments with each candidate. The three candidates are Jesse Bennett, Roy Epstein, and Tim Flood. The audio version of these podcasts will be available on the Belmont Media Center website, belmontmedia.org, and a television version will be available not only on the website, but will also be broadcast multiple times on the Belmont Media Center's television stations. You can review the weekly programming schedule for Belmont Media at belmontmedia.org, or you can look at the Belmont Media uh, television stations to find the day and time of the broadcast most convenient to you. Jesse, Welcome to Community Conversations, and thank you for being willing to be with me on today's show. I know you're very busy, so I appreciate uh, you taking the time off. Thank you so much, Roger. I appreciate being you inviting us to talk about the Selectman's campaign. Uh, before we really begin the meat of our conversations, can you give me an introduction to who you are? Who is Jesse Bennett? Well, um, I grew up in eastern Connecticut. Um, my dad was a welder. My mom worked her way up through pink-collar jobs to become the comptroller of her company. Um, so she's kind of my role model for how hard work can get you just about anywhere. Um, I went to UConn um, and then finished up at the University of Minnesota. I've worked in a variety of different jobs over the course of my life. I've worked in a bank, um, in a bank, a credit union, another bank for six years <laughs> altogether. Um, I've been in marketing and communications for several years now. I most recently worked at Beacon Press in Boston, and now I freelance as a marketing and communications consultant. Um, I have um, I live in town over by the high school on Trowbridge Street with my wife and our two children one who's in third grade at Chenery and one who's in seventh grade, um, third grade at the Burbank and one who's in seventh grade at Chenery. But, um, so we've lived, we've lived in town for about 12 years and uh, I've been involved in different ways um, in the community and also in the government. Okay, we're going to talk about four topic areas today. The, the budget, capital expenditures, mm -hmm. the environment, and town governance. Mm -hmm. We have a lot to cover, so I would mm -hmm. ask you to keep your answers brief and to the point. Uh, I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> you're in town meeting. You, yeah. We've both heard the town moderator say, when you give your answer, give the headline first, and if there's an <laughs> explanation, uh, yeah. provide us with the ex explanation. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's start with the town uh, operating budget. Uh, last August, the Collins Center forecasted a $2.3 million deficit in the fiscal year 2021, which begins on July 1, 2020. I don't want to talk about the, the budget generically, but what I do want to ask you specifically is this. Uh, just a couple of years ago, Belmont voters approved an operating override that allowed for a property tax increase. 
when do you expect, and there was a feeling that that operating override would last just a few years. Mm-hmm. When do you expect the last operating override to run out and thus require a new operating override? Well, in the Board of Selectmen budget meeting last week, um, it was indicated that it would be as early as next year, we'd be um, looking at a shortfall. So um, we are, um, that operating override was, of course, kind of right-sized. It, um, at the time, it, the financial task force said that we would need about $7 million in an override to really cover our expenses. And instead, we did one for $4.5 million, and they used um, part of that as a stabilization fund to keep us from having to do another override just a few years later. So um, they did manage to stretch it out for five years, what should have really been three years, you know, in terms of the operating budget. Uh, you know, it's tough. Um, we have a lot of expenses to keep up with that rise with, uh, you know, beyond our control, like health, health insurance expenses and um, health insurance expenses, and then the hundred students a year being added to the school district, these add costs. So um, it's, we knew that this was happening, and we knew that it was coming, and that's why the Board of Selectmen has formed the Financial Task Force to look at what the real picture is, if there are places we can make, um, that where we can economize in town government, um, and to see what the real need is going to be in the coming years. And when you say, I, I just want to clarify here for mm-hmm. a minute, when you say next year, you mean fiscal year 2021. Right, yes. So mm-hmm. the, the fiscal year starting in July of, uh, of 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when the override was passed a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. or when the debate was going on over the mm-hmm. override a couple of yeah. years ago, there were a number of people who uh, opposed the override uh, and said that there was a substantial potential for savings for financial savings in Belmont's uh, budget. Do you agree with that? I think that we were pretty close to the bone before that other override, which is why I worked on the campaign to make sure that it passed. Um, I had seen uh, the case for and for the override um, laid out in this is what it will look like if we do it and this is what it will look like if we don't do it. And it was going to require significant cuts in a school system that was already dealing with, you know, overcrowded classes, and it was going to result in cuts to town services. So um, I think that, you know, when we're talking about raising taxes, we always have to be very cautious about that, because I know that it affects many people in town um, very dramatically if they're on a fixed income, but um, we've really needed to infuse more, we hadn't had an override at that point, and I think it was 12 years. Was that about right? Yeah. Um, And that was, uh, you know, we had been really feeling the effects. Every department had cut everything they could at that point. Um, So we have to take the same tack where the financial task force looks at if there are any efficiencies, you know, if anything over the last five years has gotten a little bit, maybe, you know, maybe maybe we've made some choices that we can... um, that we can look at more carefully. But, you know, this is a town that does a lot with not not very much, like in terms of the revenue in every department, and, um, and particularly in the schools. They've, um, they've done what they can to keep up. The last override really helped with putting more teachers in front of students and keeping the class sizes down. But there's, you know, 100 students a year makes a big, makes a big difference in terms of um, class sizes. So Okay. Uh, 
in a 2015 report, the town's warrant committee reported that fire suppression constitutes nearly 90% of the town's fire department budget. In contrast, out of the 4,700 incidents which the fire department responded to last year, only 2.4% actually involved fires. Another third involved emergency responses by ambulance, and another 20% involved life support. Mm -hmm. Given that data, what is your opinion, if any, about the need for benefits of uh, moving to a combined public safety department rather mm -hmm. than having separate fire and police departments? Well, I think that's something that, um, you know, we should always be looking at ways that we can gain efficiencies in town, um, and we should we should always be ready to, um, to examine those things. Uh, but, you know, in terms of how we are, how we utilize those services, both, both the fire department and the police department are doing far beyond what you think of as like, you know, the regular job. It's like not out arresting criminals, not out, you know, ticketing speed, speeders. Um, I know that both departments do a lot in terms of taking care of the elderly in town, taking care of vulnerable populations. Um, so they're both doing very important work. And I, I think that we need to, at the very least, make sure that they're collaborating well and um, that if there are places that we can overlap in terms of services, that that's a good, that's a good way to go. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the capital budget for mm -hmm. just a couple of minutes. The Library Building Committee recently hired an architect to mm -hmm. actually begin the design of a new library. And the proposal is to have a new library be on the same site as the existing library do you agree with the recommendation for Belmont to move forward with a new library? And, and if so, when should that happen, given that we just passed the debt exclusion for a new uh, 7 through 12 school? Yeah, we've had a lot of capital projects kind of necessary in a very short span of time. And um, so, unfortunately, because the library didn't get built a few years ago when we had some options to do so, um, that didn't work out because of the, um, the transfer of land from the school department. Um, it, you know, we, we really need uh, a better library than we have. And we need a library that's for the 21st century. We need a library that it's, this one has turned into a money pit. And um, I think that we're going to end up with a lot of expenses down the road if we don't deal with that. So um, I think we're taking the right we're taking the right approach right now in terms of fundraising for it to reduce the um, the impact on taxpayers. But uh, you know, this is the eleventh highest circulating library in the state. It is a very popular space. It has served our community well, but there are structural issues with it that can't be addressed in a mere remodel. So um, I'm glad that we are moving forward with the building project. How we pay for that remains to be seen. Relating to capital expenditures, it also relate. This question also relates to the operating mm -hmm. uh, budget, but primarily to capital expenditures. On the one hand, that we do have buildings that need to be replaced. We we had to have a new school. We need a mm -hmm. new library. We need a new DPW mm -hmm. building, and those cost money. On the other hand, we have town residents who are oftentimes aging, who have lived here their entire lives, mm -hmm. who simply can't afford to pay an increased tax bill. Uh, as a member of the Board of Selectmen, you would be smack in the middle of oh, yeah. balancing those two seemingly e 
irreconcilable observations. The need for the buildings doesn't improve the ability to pay, but the inability to pay doesn't say that we don't need the buildings. Right. What do you do? Well, I think that, for one thing, we need to make sure that um, we're getting all the money from the state that we can to pay for our expenses. So if we have opportunities for grants doing that, there are bills before the state right now to, there's a bill before the state right now to um, fix the, uh, the, re the amount of money that's coming to towns from the state for education because it hasn't kept up with the rate of health care inflation. So, um, you know, I, I know that uh, our state representatives need to be working hard for that. Um, you know, I think that a lot of, um, I think in terms of the DPW yard, we have a fix right now, but we know that 10 years down the road, we might need to do, we're going to need to do more. This, this is kind of going to hold it together for that long. Um, it is a very hard thing to balance, and I think that the best thing that we can do at this point is to um, make sure that we are economizing where we can, make sure that we are getting, in, um, getting everything we can in terms of grants from the state, um, and that we are providing relief for seniors who need it. So I, you know, in terms of we, in town meeting, we lowered the interest rate on uh, the tax deferral loans that you can get through the town that are much easier than going to a bank and uh, taking out a mortgage on your home so that you can pay your expenses. It's, it, gives, it gives some relief, and um, we made it uh, easier for seniors to uh, do some writing off of their taxes in terms of volunteering. But we, we, we need to make sure that you know, we're doing everything we can to help seniors in those situations. Okay, let's move to the environment mm -hmm. for a few minutes. Uh, not too long ago, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency released its assessment of local water quality in the Mystic River watershed. And the EPA found that of the Mystic River's 21 communities, Belmont's waterways in particular were in horrible shape. Mm -hmm. And one of the primary sources of the offending pollution, the EPA said, is uncontrolled urban stormwater runoff. Now, nearly all state and federal programs that provide money to local governments to upgrade their stormwater systems require matching dollars. And because Belmont's current system of funding its stormwater system is through rates, and rates aren't viewed as an adequate match, mm -hmm. Belmont can't access those state and federal grants and thus must fund its stormwater programs entirely through rates. Given this, would you support the creation of a stormwater utility? Oh, you mean like a, a specific stormwater fee? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. I think that, you know, we can have a modest impact on ratepayer bills and um, and pay for what has become a very expensive project to fix our aging infrastructure. There are many places where, you know, probably not even through, you know, deliberate malice, people have done, you know, the wrong kinds of connections, um, where uh, something that should be going into the sewer lines is going into the stormwater. There are sewer lines that are cracking. Um, we've been doing a lot of work in terms of lining that, but um, there's a lot more left to be done. So in terms of uh, maximizing our dollars as a town, we should be looking into every way possible to uh, lower the cost of this project. And if there is money available and we can do it through a modest stormwater fee, we should definitely do it. Okay, in, the, in May of 2016, the state's Supreme Judicial Court ruled in the case Kane 
the Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection that the state has not done enough to meet the mandates of the state's 2008 Global Warming Solutions Act, which requires Massachusetts to cut its greenhouse gases 25 percent below 1990 levels by 2020. SJC uh, Justice Robert Cordy described the language of the Global Warming Solutions Act as unambiguous. In light of this SJC decision, since the Board of Selectmen also sits as the Belmont Light Board of Directors, do you support the recommendation of the Belmont Energy Committee, which I chair, to yeah. be fully disclosed? So are you asking me if I agree with you, Roger? <laughs> yeah. The Belmont, yeah. Do you agree with the recommendation? I, I, I think the... Uh, let me finish yeah. the question so that yeah, yeah. you know what I'm going to say yeah, and yeah. I know what I'm going to yeah. say. Okay. Uh, the recommendation to move to a 100% emission-free supply source by 2022. I think that is a fantastic goal. I think that, you know, as a municipal utility, we've faced a lot of the same issues that many other munis face in terms of we don't have the scale that the larger utilities have, and, and, um, and it takes more effort for us to move the needle on this. But we've done tremendous work in the last few years. I think that we need to commit ourselves to... Um, We've committed ourselves to 80% carbon reduction town-wide as well, you know, um, with our climate action plan by 2050. I think that we should be moving towards a model where we are getting our energy from clean sources. I think that every utility should be moving towards a model where we get our energy from clean, from clean sources uh, as soon as we possibly can. Okay, let's talk about town governance for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a substantial concern over the past... Uh, few years now that the job of being a member of the Board of Selectmen has simply become too big for mm -hmm. an individual uh, and a virtually unpaid volunteer position. Uh, one aspect that seems to receive short shrift at times is being a member of the Light Board, the, the board that governs Belmont Light. Uh, would you support or not support separating the Belmont Light Board from the Board of Selectmen into being a separate body? And if you support it, how would you do that? Well, I think that we would have to have a study group, much like we had the um, the commission to study the number of selectmen last year um, and the commission to study um, having a stronger town administrator a few years back. You know, when we want to make a change like this, we have to look at it um, and, and look at what other communities have done, how other communities with munis are handling their light board duties. Um, we're usually not out in front in terms of change in Belmont, so I'm sure that there are many examples we can look at for that. Uh, but, you know, I do agree that it is a very big job and it's a lot to expect of incoming selectmen to both be um, governing the town and governing the light department, which is, uh, you know, a whole company. So... Um, I think that it would be good if we looked at that, and I think we have to have a study group and bring it before town meeting and see what town meeting has to say about it. Town Administrator Patrice Garvin, uh, just in December of 2018, filled a new staff uh, position. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for the first time ever, Belmont's got a budget director. Mm -hmm. Given that we now have a, a town budget director in addition to a town administrator, how do you view your role, or let's not personalize it, how do you view the role of the Board of Selectmen relative to staff in preparing and presenting the town budget to town meeting each year? Well, I think it was always a very big job for the town administrator to present the budget, and I think it, it did create an extra strain on the Board of Selectmen. So having this person in place 
is a huge help in terms of putting it together. Now, the Board of Selectmen, though, is setting the, um, the priorities for the town. So the administrator can tell us what's happening in the individual offices, but the Board of Selectmen is still looking at how we're spending our money and making sure it matches the values of the town. Um, so there are always going to be hard choices, for instance, in, in terms of, you know, I don't know that, that there is a department in town that couldn't use, like, an extra person on staff. So, you know, every year there's going to be those choices where you're like, so do we hire a traffic engineer or do we hire somebody new in um, the planning, you know, in the planning area of the Office of Community Development, there are always needs, you know, and um, so the Board of Selectmen has to figure out which of those needs we can cover in different ways. And finally, former uh, New York Governor Mario Cuomo once uh, stated a quote that I love. Mm -hmm. uh, Cuomo said that you campaign in poetry, but you govern in prose. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah, have you ever heard that quote? I have heard that quote, and I'm mar and I'm married to a poet, so I'm 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 in poetry all the time. So uh, I will govern in poetry as well. But um, but no, I think that I think that it is true. Um, when we're campaigning, you have to speak to your vision for the town, and of course, everybody's vision is going to hit up against a hard wall of reality once you get elected. And I think you know, especially in this race, um, we've got three people who have never done this job before. I'm vying for an open seat. And if any one of us gets elected, we're going to be a, new, a newbie to the job, and we will have to acc acclimate ourselves to the job. And um, there's there are the, a lot of things. I've heard every former selectman and current selectman in town, one thing that they have said in common to me is, you cannot prepare yourself for this job. You'll have no idea what it's going to be like until you're actually doing it. So... Okay. Uh, finally, we're going. I lied when I said finally before. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to uh, do a lightning round. Oh. Here, okay. Uh, okay. Just just for fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to give you ten either or choices. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like you to ask you to do is to simply give me your answer without okay. uh, explanation. Uh, in most cases, your answer should be one word. Mm -hmm. And if we do this right, we should be able to do this in about a minute and a half. Okay. Okay. Winter vacation or summer vacation? Uh, summer. Poker or chess? Chess. The Beatles or the Stones? The Beatles. Baseball or football? I would say basketball, but you didn't give me that, that <laughs> choice, so baseball. <laughs> the beach or the mountains? The mountains. Red wine or white wine? Uh, white wine. Peanut butter and jelly or ham and cheese? PB&J. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Mac or PC? Mac, all the way. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a design person, so. <laughs> I have been working on the, the Belmont Journal and mm -hmm. for the first time, and, and I'm 65, so mm -hmm. this is hard for me, but for the first time ever, I'm using a Mac. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, uh, in editing mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesse, the, uh, the clock has run out on us, as it is apt to do. Mm -hmm. It's been fun yeah, it's uh, been. Uh, talking with you. Thank you so much, Roger. This has been great. Uh, I know that it's a busy time. Uh, you've got your day job in addition to the campaign, so mm -hmm. we really do appreciate having you come over to the studios to talk to me and, and through me to, uh, uh, to the community. Well, thank you so much for um, offering this service to the community, Roger. It is so great that the Belmont Media Center is here. 
Um, can I take a moment to plug that people should sign some petitions? Uh, on? On um, preserving public media. Um, and you can go to the Belmont, Pub the Belmont Media Center website, and there is a link there um, to um, keep funding for public, public media around the country. And um, we definitely need this resource here in town, so support it. Thank you very much, and obviously I agree with you 110%. Mm -hmm. I've been speaking today with Jesse Bennett, one of the three candidates for Belmont's Board of Selectmen in a special edition of Community Conversation. I should note that Jesse's opponents are also appearing on identical podcasts being taped today as well. You can access the conversations with all three candidates through the Belmont Media Center's website, belmontmedia.org. A video of our podcast session will also be rebroadcast any number of times on the Belmont Media Center's television stations. You can find the broadcast time by looking up Community Conversations and the TV listings on the BMC website. You can find the audio of Community Conversations by searching on iTunes for the BMC Podcast Network. Today's conversations with conversation with uh, Board of Selectmen candidate Jesse Bennett and the other conversations with Roy Epstein and Tim Flood is a special edition of Community Conversations. I will be back with you for our regular Community Conversations podcast next week. I'm your Community Conversations host, Roger Colton. Thank you for listening. I'll talk with you again next time.